Welcome, Oncers. You have discovered the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. This is an unofficial podcast dedicated to the hit ABC TV show, Once Upon a Time. And now, here are your hosts, Jeff and Colleen Roney. Someone mentioned that the intros were really long, so now it's probably the shortest intro we've ever done. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. Yeah. As that wonderful introducer person said, <laughs> introducer we are... Introducer person who sounds just like you. I know. <laughs> we are who he says we are. And this is the first thoughts episode for the episode entitled, Poor Unfortunate Soul. Mm-hmm. Not you. No. That's the episode title. Correct. The episode number is 269. Mm-hmm. These show notes can be found at onceuponatimepodcast.com slash 269. And I want to thank everyone who has gone to our support page at onceuponatimepodcast.com slash support slash support. If I could change that word. And choosing however they want to support us. We really appreciate it. Thank you so very much. So there were some rough spots in this episode Mm -hmm. tonight, but there were some shining moments. I cried. There were some bright moments. Oh, my gosh. I did. There really were. And actually, I do like that they took the what we know as the Little Mermaid story, right. the Disney version, and really applied it more to Ursula than to Ariel herself. Mm-hmm. So I like that they kind of split that up, the, that story between the two characters, and gave us a little more of a human Ursula, Cause I think so a, to speak. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people were, and they did really mix it around. Ursula, her singing voice was removed instead of her speaking voice. right. And Ariel in, was everything, her whole right. entire mm-hmm. voice, not yes. just part of it. So we did get a lot of returning. Well, we did get some surprises along the way. So let's we go did. ahead and jump in. Yeah, We're trying to not do a full recap. There are certain things that definitely we're going to bring up to kind of, mm-hmm. we can remember all the different things, but we're trying to kind of focus on things that really stood out. Right. to us right. and along the way we'll forget about certain things and you are free to email in call in voicemail and let us know you know let's you forgot about this let's talk about it. that's the way this podcast works yeah and i think it works pretty well so in the beginning of the episode we see killian on another trip for pan mm-hmm. under his control while he plots to while killian plots to destroy the dark one he is hook at this point right for sure. And we hear this beautiful, wonderful mermaid song. Mm-hmm. And I looked it up really quick and it said it's a siren song. Mm-hmm. And we've already seen a siren in Once Upon a Time. Yeah. But now we see the, the we hear this mermaid song, which was very beautiful. Which, by the way, was also part of Greek mythology. Yes. Mm-hmm. So Ulysses and the odyssey he encountered the sirens and he wanted to hear their beautiful singing voice so he had his men basically lash him to the mast so he could hear it because what was happening is it was driving sailors mad crazy mad yes and they were running the ships into rocks and so i like that they pulled the traditional 
Siren mythology into tonight's episode as well. So we got a taste of Disney. We got a taste of mythology. I, I really enjoyed this episode. So, yes. And by the way, the music, they pulled some of it directly from Little Mermaid mm-hmm. and some of it was a thematic representation of very similar themes from Little Mermaid. There were great musical moments mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I'm going to speak to our good friends Sarah and Richard, but specifically Sarah, because she loves oh, music yeah, and Disney, does. and so that's well, probably that was major was, in college. Yeah, it's probably <laughs> one of those great, uh, one of these great episodes yeah. that she really enjoyed, and yeah. they are the uh, hosts for the Skywalking Through Neverland podcast. So yes, yeah. Shout out to them. All right, let's keep going. Mm-hmm. So the, I was wondering if the rocks appeared when. Or young Ursula was singing, but I guess they were already there, They're and there. the the singing lured the boats to the rocks. Right, and that is yeah. exactly what the. If mm-hmm. you look at Greek mythology, what it is is that the sirens would sing; they'd sit on the rocks and sing because the sailors knew where they needed to go, <clears throat> and the those sirens being on the rocks were. It was too dangerous. And because it was such a distraction, it would make them go crazy. They had to have, they had to be with the mermaids. It was that whole thing where they went off course. And Ursula could sing, which yeah. was very Ariel like. Yeah, yeah. So when we kind of touched on that yeah. uh, to get before. But Ursula wanted her voice to make people happy. Right. And again, we don't get a lot of these type of characters, these good good characters usually in the backstory at some point hopefully except for probably rumple's father Mm -hmm. across the board not having any happy moments or whatever but it was nice to see a young ursula the actress that portrayed her was beautiful and the present day ursula is beautiful as well Mm -hmm. but it was just really neat to see her in the young version Mm mm-hmm with Ernie Hudson as King Triton, yeah, who I believe they melded in Poseidon. Triton and Poseidon were, yes, that is definitely who he was intended to portray. They, and again, Greek mythology, pulling that in there. So. For sure. And later on in the and episode... Actually, actually, Neptune would be the Roman equivalent. Okay, Roman, got it. Roman mythology equivalent. So. The, later on in the episode, Killian tries to pull a sword... And he says, Triton tells him, you dare strike a deity. Right. So I knew that it was a combination of a couple of things. Well, absolutely. Because Triton is supposed to be a deity. He's one of many gods. Poseidon was one of many gods. And he was the king of the sea, the ruler of the sea, which is exactly what they they did here. And that's Mm -hmm. really what Disney has done with the, you know, I mean, it's part of the Little Mermaid story from Hans Christian Andersen anyway. Yes. So Ursula wanted to use her voice to make people happy mm-hmm. like her mother wanted. Right. And the theme of loss and especially the loss of a parent mm-hmm. was very strong in this. Keeping the thought alive, keeping the spirit alive of that mm-hmm. parent that mm-hmm. was lost. Yeah. And King Triton wanted Ursula to use her voice to lure ships toward the rocks so that they could get the pirate that right. supposedly killed Ursula's mother. Right. And basically killed them. 
Well, destroyed, or, or the, destroyed their happiness, basically. Right. Um, which is uh, the other thing I was going to say is, um, and I lost it. Sorry. <laughs> I, we'll we'll keep recording. So if you you get it, just <laughs> let me know. Yeah. All right. So who killed Ursula's mother? I wrote down hook question mark. I, you know, initially I didn't know. Right. We didn't because know he for said sure. that there's something he did that was awful bad to Ursula. That's well, what he was telling it was Emma. The vengeance, right? Yeah. Right. And but then I started wondering: Is Ursula's mother dead? Yeah. So we don't know. After I mean, you've watched Lost for a while, unless you see a body, <laughs> and sometimes even if you see, <coughs> excuse me, a body. It's, they may or may not be dead. All bets are off. Now, in so. this case, based on the fact that we, you know, see later in the episode, her mother is very likely dead. I mean, that's just unfortunate, but it's pretty close to reality is what I'm guessing. So it's not like, a, oh, we think she's dead, but maybe she's really... No, I'm pretty sure she's dead. Now, was it Killian who killed her? I doubt it. I don't believe it was Hook at all. There are many pirates, so, I mean, Hook wasn't the well, only one. Certainly at the end, I did not think that anymore. No, 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 no. But at the any, beginning, initially, right, I was wondering, right. what what could this be? Right. My money Re- says it's Blackbeard. Well, sure. Unless there's another pirate that they're waiting to... Spring on us? Right. Sure. sure so I, re- I remember Regina's promise mm-hmm. that she would basically protect Pinocchio. Yes. And she did. Because in that scene, in that cabin, the cabin that we thought it was, mm-hmm. that's where it was. Yeah. And we looked right up through that little bridge toward it. We took yeah. pictures. In the back, there was that little little pond area. Yeah. yeah. And You're talking about when we went to Steveson. You bet. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On that golf course. Right. Anywho. So anyhow, the Regina removed that knife to protect August from, I believe it was Ursula. Mm-hmm. That was going to hold it to his yeah. throat or something yeah. like that. And then she threatened with fire. Right. Which was brilliant because she's right. He was made of wood. Mm-hmm. A knife didn't scare him. Yep. That was going to inflict pain, but it wasn't going to kill him necessarily. It wasn't the terror that a piece of wood will feel. Puppets terror are terrified of fire. Wood burns. Yep. So. And August was talking about the dragon. Yes. Now, see, I thought the dragon was going to come into play in the previous episode, Enter the Dragon. Oh, mm-hmm. That's yeah, exactly what, because I knew that August was returning, Yeah. Enter the Dragon, and I thought we were going to be... Dealing with that the, mystic, the red dragon, the dragon, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so, but the dragon, according to August, was looking for the author for years, mm-hmm. and then before Gold was going to kill him, like he said, he said before the dragon's, uh, the mystic's death, he goes, well, then you're going to join him. Wait, wait, wait! I took his research mm-hmm. and brought it to Story Rook. Yep. So, you know, basically you need to keep me alive because I still have it. Yep. And the sad part is, even though Regina is doing pretty well, Gold and the Queens of Darkness still don't trust her. They really don't. And pretty much with good reason, because at that point they didn't have any reason to trust her, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, Gold knows her better than anybody. Right. So he's got to know that she's 
wavering on the fence. But I do love the fact that she took the knife and they're like, oh, see, here she goes. I knew she'd gone soft. Yep. And then her response was, no, let's talk about fire. Mm-hmm. So that was a really good pull on Regina's part to try and give them a reason to trust her more. Now, Gold, even though he later was calling August the born liar, mm-hmm. Gold is the liar because oh. he goes, I'm going to go search his trailer. Well, which he for did. For facts about he this. quote unquote left to go do that. Right. But in the end, we realize he went nowhere near there. No. And he had another plan. So Gold is the liar. Absolutely. Ask Belle. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. So Regina pulled a play from the movie Ghost playbook. Oh, yeah, she did. And inhabited snow to relay a message. That was awesome, by the and way. And w- that's the second time that's happened. I think she did that with Cora or something. Wasn't that in the episode where we saw young Cora? Well, Cora the, inhabited Snow. Are you talking about that? Yeah, Ghost okay. Cora. I got it. Got Remember it, got Ghost Cora did last so, season. So Snow is kind of the inhabitor person. Snow is Whenever a really good channeler yeah, of right. deceased ghosts so she, or spirits. So like Whoopi Goldberg was in Pretty Ghost. Pretty much, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So maybe she should change her name in um, Storybook to Rita Miller. That was the name that... or. That was the fake name that oh, Patrick yeah, Swayze yeah. gave to Whoopi Goldberg. Yep. Rita Miller. All right. So, anyway. so Regina, through Snow, told the group that Gold is in town and planning something bad. Yes. I love that stuff. When it's not really explanatory, it's just bad. Yeah. yeah. Nice, nice cliffhanger into the commercials. So in Gold's shop, uh, Belle finally, well, Belle learns that she was tricked again by Gold. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And it's kind of like we're all yelling at the television. We told, come on. How did you not know? Like Trace was saying, you're the smart princess. You're in books and stuff. <laughs> you know all this. Come on. She should have known. Yeah, you'd think. You especially, married this guy. I know, especially since she knows what a what a little scoundrel he is. If you were to watch the show, you know about his dad, too. You, oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. So, Emma... Killian gets really wound up about this whole thing. And it was nice to see Emma tried to kind of calm him down. Yeah. Let's not use the dagger on the dark one because then you'll be the dark one. You really don't want that. Right. Yeah, but he'll never return. Just Killian, just calm down. It's going to be all right. Because it's nice to see her in that role. Yeah. Because things kind of progress along the way as things go forward. It was interesting that August knew about Robin Hood, and it was mm-hmm. really surprising to Regina. Oh yeah, she was very because she by said, "How did you know?" And he, August said, "Just because the boy doesn't remember me being me, doesn't mean I don't remember being the boy." Yeah, and you know, again, it was really it was neat to see the adult August again, but then understand that he remembered stuff even. When he was the young Jacob Davies version. Well, what's interesting is now try to like follow that in your head. First he was Pinocchio the boy. Then he grew up to be August the man. Then he went back into being a wooden puppet. Then he ended up being wooden August. And then he ended up being boy Pinocchio again with no memory of being wooden man August. And now he's back to August again. (laughs) Well. It's convoluted, but it's kind of funny. We're about to get this episode. 
I enjoyed certain scenes and certain parts of it, mm-hmm. but there were other things. The rules are really getting hard to follow. Mm. So speaking of the next scene that I wrote down, Killian calling Ursula with the conch shell. Yes. So it not only calls squids. Sure. For the ink. Sure. With Bay, But it also calls Ursula. She's an octopus. Well, okay, but I'm just... Just saying. List of things to well, write I'm pretty down. Sure, I'm pretty sure that you can call whichever sea creature you want with that thing. Okay. It's not like it's specific to only certain creatures. They knew what they were calling when they were calling it. You know what I mean? It's the intent. I wanted to see like four or five squids come up and yeah. then there had been a fight. <laughs> I wasn't calling you. I was calling her. <laughs> yeah, anyway, no. So. I don't think so. All right. So... It was really nice that Killian actually became an Emma of sorts tonight. Not necessarily a savior, but Killian said, I'm going to return your happy ending, Ursula, in return for you give me information about what Gold is planning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was kind of a nice, a nice switch, I think. Well, I, so. I like the fact that he realized that he could give her her happy ending. He knew what it was, and he could give it to her. Right, because he took it away. Because he took it away. Right. Which is actually a pretty key piece of information. Mm-hmm. Whoever takes away your happy ending kind of could be the one to return it back to you. Wouldn't that be a real little bit of information for everybody to kind of realize? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and- think about it. And, and we'll, Mary Margaret could very well be the one that gives Regina back her happy ending. Yeah. Because she is the one who took it away in the first place. Right. She took away her love. Yeah. Right? Right. So maybe she'll be the one to figure it out. And actually, with Robin Hood, Emma kind of took it away, right? Because mm. it was Emma and Ingrid that basically... It was Emma, if I remember correctly, who basically said Robin's got to go across the... Or maybe it was Regina who figured it out. But bottom line is, um, maybe that's the key to all this. I did I did want to talk about one thing really fast, and then we'll jump back into it. Regina was kind of shocked at, obviously, the group, the Queens of Darkness and Gold, not trusting her. Well, she said the rest of the plan, I mean, come on. And what I wrote down is they are holding out on Regina like Emma is experiencing with, with her, parents. her parents. Yeah, yeah. So they're very they're they're feeling the same thing in certain situations. So yes, yes. All right. So the young Ursula yes. has a beautiful singing voice, mm-hmm. and we see her in this tavern, mm-hmm. and. It's funny when he walks up to her, he has this really stern look on his face. Like, that's a voice I, you know, that was, I'll never forget. And it was guiding me to the rocks. And then he changed and he goes, but you allow my ship to escape. Pretty much, yeah. For you that, saved me. For that, I will buy you a drink. Yes. And by the way, the, the singing, the song she was singing is from Little Mermaid. And it's like from the first, one of the first scenes of the whole entire movie. Yeah. And what I really enjoyed is that Ursula, 
actually was very Ariel esque,、mm-hmm. and、mm-hmm. she was very, you know, strong, directed woman. In that she broke into King Triton's vault, her father stole the bracelet to allow her to walk on land.、Mm-hmm. So she knew where the vault was.、Mm-hmm. And so he must have been collecting, like we know that Ariel was、mm-hmm. collecting、sure. things. And so, in effect, King Triton、Treasures. was kind of like gold in, in a way.、Mm-hmm. He had a magical vault. He's magical because he's. A deity as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, anyhow. But、uh, she said that King Triton used to be happy back in the day before his wife was killed. And then he turned, Ursula said he turned her voice into a weapon. And I just remember the discussions that Killian had had that love is a weapon with Belle. And、mm-hmm. we, we've heard that weapon, weapon,、sure. weapon before. Sure. So. My favorite scene, pretty much, of the episode was when Killian was talking to Ursula and said that your voice can soothe even the most haunted soul. You know, and there's this famous phrase that says, music can calm the savage beast. I think they're definitely tapping into that. You know, there's stories in the Bible, you know, David playing the harp, calmed、uh, Saul, King Saul, down. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was vexed. And、uh, so, I mean, there's a lot of different things. I mean, music is, is a powerful thing. It's an incredibly powerful And thing. And it has this way of calming you,、mm-hmm. unless you listen to hard rock music really loud or something. But, anyhow, it was, that was a really touching moment.、Mm-hmm. Is that he told her, he said, you know, I have this vengeance for someone who took my love. And I'm, I'm really driven by that. But when I listen to your singing, it calms me.、Mm-hmm. And I was just really, it was just a nice moment. Yeah. And then when she brought up, now I don't know how this is spelled, Glowerhaven? Glowerhaven, yeah. I, is it near Misthaven? Is it next to it? I don't is it know. around? I, I, I don't know. It sounds so, like a mystical place, a mythical place. I don't believe it's any pl- real place. Yeah. So, Hook said, Well, I'll take you. You don't have to, because she was there basically singing for money to save、mm-hmm. up to go. And he goes, No,、nah, I'll take you. And. Well, it was kind of the least he could do considering that she actually spared his life. Right. His and his crew. Yep. So. And Mr. Smee with the cakes. Always <laughs> Mr. Smee. Yeah. So, then back at present day, Hook had, I think it's a piece of iridium. Iridium? Yeah, that's what I, th- I thought he said. I、uh, looked it up, and iridium is a metal or something. Well, yeah, but I don't recall him having that. Okay. But he had some kind of a, a piece of the something from the oh, ship. Oh, rigging. He didn't、okay. say iridium, he said rigging. Okay. <laughs> it's a wooden, it's a wooden, like part of a pulley system.、Right. It's like a little. Thing that the, it's a, the rope goes around it and it spins on a spindle. It's attached to a spindle and it helps you move the rigging. Got it. It's, yeah. I think these people on this show should speak really slowly. 
Well, sometimes it's too fast and it's hard for me. I've to... only ever had one problem, and that was with Rumpelstiltskin a couple of seasons ago. But other than yeah. that, I've been able to figure stuff out. I'm glad you're here with me because uh-huh. you can help me. All right, so King Triton can enchant items. And so he's trying to basically connive Killian into, you take the singing voice from my daughter Mm -hmm. and I'll tell you the secret and I'll I'll give you the secret to paralyze anyone, including Mm -hmm. the dark one, Rumpelstiltskin. Paralyze him and then you can kill him. Right. Basically. And so here's the thing is the first time we've ever seen that work, the squid ink was in season one uh-huh. when they used it against Rumpelstiltskin. Right. So Through the quill, the red we, quill. Yeah, we, initially we thought Cinderella. it was the pen, right, but it was, but it was a ink. squid ink later on as we found out. Right. So, all right. So, and then also Triton said, because he wanted Killian to show Ursula how awful humans can be. And we we hear that line later on. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty much what little in Disney's animated feature. That's what King Triton said to Ariel: "Humans yeah. are wicked, evil. You you don't want to go up there. You don't want to have anything to do with them. They're 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 horrible. Especially Disney annual pass holders. They're the worst. <laughs> don't do that. Yeah, I know. Back then they didn't know about those. So back in Gold Shop, we see that Will actually is going to help Killian, which well, is a wonderful thing. It is fighting one minute." Right. And then helping each other. The well, next. and at first he was hesitant. He said, yeah. why should I help you? And it was, well, pretty much because we all want the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I love how Belle at this point is like, how do I know you're really Killian? Right. <laughs> and then he said, well, finally, you're questioning my who I am. You're questioning finally. my identity? Yeah. Now, well, no, it was like, now you're questioning my identity? Right. Uh, after all this time, now you're doing it? Well, good reason there, dude. And he knows that, so yeah. It's and funny. Well, what's interesting is Bell. I think is a great microcosm of a person. Mm-hmm. You never want to be overly doubting of everything. It's not a great way to live. But on the other hand, you don't want to be Pollyanna and never doubting anything and living in this. Everyone's honest. Everyone's true. <laughs> everyone has my best interest yeah. at heart. It's, you know, it's so. one thing to believe the best, but be cautious. In case of the worst. Poor Belle. I I just... Anyway, poor Belle. All right. So when Robin was running toward Regina, Mm -hmm. I said, is that really Robin? Well, yeah. Is it gold? And I was like going, oh, please, God, do not let that be gold. Do not let that be gold. Please. Especially when he kissed her. I was like, no. And then we see the evil queen come out and throw that fireball. And then we realize it's a nightmare. And I wrote, damn nightmare. Again with the nightmare, <laughs> Lord. Oh, Regina has these the poor outlaw queen, outlaw queen people. I know. I feel for them. It's like, oh yes, yes. Oh, it's a nightmare. Yeah. What a sad thing. Yeah. And then, I, okay. but I loved seeing Robin. I know. Oh. I'm not a hater, but well, little baby Neil is getting the short stick on this deal. Sitting with Granny. That's it. So basically, it was he's just he's really not missing out on anything. But I'm just and he telling doesn't you, realize that he's missing out on anything. It reminds me of Henry because remember when Henry was just ah he's over here he's over there there's no really no use to that's the way 
you know, poor granny. Unfortunately. Hopefully she's getting enough money an hour to babysit Neil. I'm pretty sure she's getting well compensated. Unfortunately, with with very grown-up situations that they're dealing with, kids kind of put a little bit of a damper yeah. on things. Yeah. All right. So I wrote down, Regina, don't take Maul's Maleficent sleeping potion. Please don't do that. That's oh, not yeah, good. No, no, no. And it was funny. She goes, no, no, no. I'm fine. Thank you. No, no. She remembers I'm, I'm good. exactly what it was like. I'm good. You just keep your hat there and yeah. nope, I don't need it. Yeah. So Gold didn't even search August's trailer. Mm-mm. He got a spell from the fairy's power. Mm-hmm. And I said, how did he do that? I don't know. So My bet is he didn't ask for it nicely. Here's where things kind of get murky. We have the most magical potions now. So now we have a potion to undo the magic that the fairies did. Temporarily. <sighs> Temporarily. Oh, it's just... Can you imagine... It would take Belle to set out all these potions of what they do. Can you imagine how many there are? There are probably a good number of them. True love and what is that? Oh, this is to temporarily remove the, the do-gooders potions. Wow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, so there is a scene where Emma is mentioning about how she's understanding how Killian wanted to basically kill the Dark One. And Snow and Charming get really nervous about that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, do you notice they still call each other Mary, Margaret, and David? Yeah. I, uh, I don't, well, they're in Storybrook, and they're I so know. used to calling themselves that. Let's just let's well, just go with Snow and Charming. Let's just do that. I know, but you know what? I do love that Emma refers to them as mom and dad. All I know, the time. I know that. Fantastic. Now that is that is really great. So anyway, so they give poor poor August. Mm-hmm. I mean, Rumble just gets this thing, opens his mouth, and it was like those classic, like Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom when he makes him drink that All right. potion, oh, yeah. uh, that hallucination thing. Right, hallucinogen, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he makes August drink this stuff. So he turns wooden for a minute, and then temporarily, and then it removes, and then... And then uh, Gold says, well, we have this built-in lie detector potion now. So the nose was okay. It grew, and we knew that it was in the... We knew that it was probably bound to happen. Well, sure. And so he used it kind of in an interesting way, you know, leaning him down in the fire. If he kept lying, the nose would go in the fire. Exactly. That would be very painful for a puppet right? who is wooden. And that was the reason why he changed him temporarily into a wooden puppet. It wasn't because they wanted to put him in that state permanently. Right. They wanted to put him in that state so that he would lie and they could see him lie. Because while he's in human form, they couldn't see that. Right. So that's what the built-in lie detector was. It allowed him to retain the properties of the wooden puppet by putting but yet put him back to human form. Right. The the nose was different. It was, it well, was it was kind of silly if you ask me. It was, a, it was but I get why they did it because again that was a that was a means of torture for him. Yeah. That right. was definitely a means of torture. 
I have to say that some of the stuff these villains are doing, I'm like, really? I'm, I don't want them to hurt people. That's not it. But I'm just saying, y'all have gone soft. Y'all are judging Regina and thinking she's gone soft. But I haven't seen them do anything that's worthy of being villains. I mean, Regina right. did way worse, you know. And they even talked about some of the stuff yeah. she did without showing it. And so, I mean, it's kind of funny that I'm like, you guys are kind of amateurs. True. So even Rumple Stiltskin, but then again, torture was really not his thing, except for when he first became the Dark One. So I I wrote down something that actually uh, really was great. I, I'm usually not good at kind of guessing things, mm-hmm. but actually, I wrote mm-hmm. I wrote this down. August removed the page about the door from mm-hmm. the book, mm-hmm. so he was hiding it from those who read it. Because mm-hmm. remember, all we knew is that he was leaving clues in the book, right? But the biggest clue he removed. Yeah. So that no one would know. Right. So, yeah. So then Gold said, okay, we're going to go search the mansion of the sorcerer. And then we see... Because August actually said, in being truthful, when he asked, the, when Gold asked him, is the door, you know, where's the door? And he's like, I don't know. And the nose didn't grow. Right. And he's like, is it here in Storybrook? And he's like, I don't know. And so he goes, yes, but I don't know where and where it is. And he was absolutely correct, as we find out later. So that was kind of a fun little, it reminded me a little bit of last week with, you know, Rumpel telling, you know, when Bell was going to try and see if he was there. Right. And, Come face me, and he literally turned and looked at her. So he did agree, you know, he did exactly what she said because he was disguised as uh, Hook. But in this case, that's kind of what that reminded me of is August didn't lie. He really didn't know where the page was, he just knew it was somewhere in Storybrook. Right. So Ursula turns out, see, that's another thing. If you were to write down all the ways a portal can exist and open, that's a long list of things. Well, sure. So now we know that Ursula can open a portal in the sea. Well, of course, but then that makes sense because the portals under the sea don't work the same as bean portals and other right. portals, door yeah. portals, and hat portals. Yeah, more if, than, we 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 always knew there was more than one type of portal. We always knew. And that. there's portals in the stars in the sky. Sure, but we don't. I mean, there's a ton of them. Remember, right. Rumble went through a huge list when he had the conversation with Royal Gorham after he after Bay yep, left. Yep. He was like trying to figure out how to get back to him, and she, you know, he started yeah, asking her all those hat absolutely. All well, he started asking her all those questions when they were in the forest, and he mm-hmm. called her and was like, "How do I get it? How I, what, what kind of portal?" And he listed a bunch of names of portals, and I had a feeling that you know that was not the exhaustive list, and we have seen that that is the case. True. So from this portal that Ursula opened, we see this ship in a bottle. Yep. And that was one of those things that you knew was going to come up. Because, you know, it's a famous thing, ship in a bottle. And this was a very particular ship Mm -hmm. in a bottle. Yep. Now, I don't remember hearing how it got trapped in I there I can tell was you. it elsa yeah. trapped it in there right because okay. remember when when hook traded the mm-hmm. ship for a way to get back to emma in right. new york to give her her memories back he traded blackbeard basically stole it and 
was torturing the citizens of Arendelle. Remember, he yeah, messed right. with Anna and uh, Kristoff mm-hmm. before they got locked in the trunk. They were on the Jolly Roger. Yeah. So Elsa, when she got back, and, and you know, to prevent him from tormenting the because uh, townspeople, Ariel said that he was he was going up and down the coast just messing with people. So Elsa took care of him. I I have to so say, my question is. Where is he? Right. He's got to be there if Ariel got trapped in it and sucked up in the magic. Or is Blackbeard jailed in Arendelle? Hmm. I have to say, I really, maybe not to some folks Mm -hmm. thing, well, not to some folks, but I really enjoy how they're putting all the pieces together. They're fitting these things around. They know they've written this story. But now we're hearing things about Pan. We're hearing things about Elsa and Anna. So it's Mm -hmm. all in the fabric of the story. Sure. And I I think that's really, it's hard to do, but I think they're doing a pretty good job. Oh, no, I I would agree. I think they're doing a great job of, you know, at least keeping those things that we've already seen in kind of, you know, part of the live current stories. Right. That's fantastic. All right, so we see the ship in the bottle that turns out that Elsa captured mm-hmm. in there. Mm-hmm. And so then we have this magical liquid potion from Will that more than likely is the mushroom that makes things bigger or something. It's the drink me potion. Right. From Alice in Wonderland. Yes. Because even Cause, even Hook understood that oh, he goes yeah. now for somebody who's stayed in different Wonderland, lands, Wonderland right. okay. for quite some time. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure because remember Hook had been to Wonderland. Okay, right. I I don't recall, with but Cora didn't okay. he go with Cora once? Uh, that was Jefferson. I, I know Jefferson think. did, but I thought Hook did at one point too. And maybe Pro- if probably, he didn't, even probably. if he didn't, he I I mean spent a lot of time with Cora. I'm guessing he probably heard a lot about Wonderland from sure. Cora. Sure. So he put a drop on there. It was the comment was funny. He goes, "Watch where you drop it because we don't want a huge, <laughs> a huge octopus or squid tentacles or tentacles like out in the bay." So yeah, yeah. it's kind of funny. She shot him a look, but then she put it on the uh, a drop of the potion on the bottle. The bottle disappeared, but the ship returned. Well, no, no, no. Well, yeah, it did. But what happened was it the the potion worked on the bottle, which then worked on the contents of the right. bottle, which was both ship and water. Yes. And when Hook tossed Other it things. out in the bay, right, when he tossed it out in the bay, then that's when he he got, we got the ship, and that's how we ended up with Ariel. Yeah, I guess it would have, it, it kind of made sense. You couldn't really pour stuff out of there. That would have looked weird. Yeah. So we just threw it out there. And well, yeah. He had suspension to. of disbelief, well, and there's so the boat. It, so that it would, when it, when it grew bigger because remember the potion doesn't work instantaneously yes. it has to kind of infuse itself into the object that it is enlarging you know what it reminded me of kind of what's that sea monkeys yeah remember the little sea monkeys and I they're do. like brine shrimp actually and you put yeah. and you put it in water and they start to kind of grow and all that well, they basically yeah they expand a little bit and come alive yes because they've just been freeze right not as big as that but anyway no gosh just, no it's kind of yeah. anyhow. So 
the I really really enjoyed Killian in this episode. He, he wasn't perfect, but I really enjoyed, especially in the flashbacks with Ursula. Mm-hmm. He was honest with her. Mm-hmm. He really appreciated what she did for him. Yeah, and he wanted to help her. Mm-hmm. Those type of things are just really great, and I, I I I really enjoyed that. Remember, he was not always a villain. And by the way, I enjoy killing. He could just sit and not right. say anything. I'd still enjoy him. But I really did. <laughs> he he was pushed to do all kinds of different things, yeah. and he was for them. He was honest until you know he had a little lapse, and we'll, we'll talk about that. But I really yeah. did anyway. I, I enjoyed that. So he they tried Killian in present day tried to give Ursula back her voice with that enchanted shell. Which, by the way, is yet another play from the Little Mermaid Disney movie playbook. It was exactly how Ursula trapped Ariel's voice in the movie. Mm -hmm. was through a shell that looked just like that, that she wore around her neck. So... And we've heard all this stuff. Villains can't have happy endings. We've heard it a million times. Yeah. But this is the first time we've seen it in action. Mm-hmm. That it was blocking something done from a good place. Right. And so Killian wanted to give her her happy ending. But it didn't work. And she said, no. Nope. She said, villains can't have happy endings. And then Ariel said, well, I think it's because the villains go about the happy endings in the wrong way. And that brings me so, back to my whole thing of the villains, quote unquote, are not necessarily the villains in this. It's mm-hmm. the author who's not allowing them to have their happy endings. Now, the funny thing is, is as we find out later, based on the plot uh, that we learn of what Hook or Gold is up to. I have a little tiny bit of trouble with that because Emma wasn't around when they had their, before they had their, you know, endings, right? Right. So them not getting their happy endings because of her, she wasn't even around. That shouldn't have any impact. So it's a fine and dandy thing to think. And I have a feeling that that's what they're all believing, but the reality is going to be very different. So just, again, I still come back to the fact of, they're not having their happy endings because either the author is preventing it because he's choosing to prevent it for whatever reason, or they're each responsible for their own happy ending. And Mm -hmm. then when they make the decision and truly choose the right way to, to do it, that's when they get their happy ending. I think they write their own destiny. And I think the author is required to put in there, but it has to be from a good place and not from an evil place. Mm-hmm. Then they'll get their happy ending again. And here, and I'll explain why I see that. in when we get to this point, so let's keep going. So I, I forgot to mention that Ariel was part of that trapping in the bottle that Elsa exactly. did. On so accident. it was on accident. So, but it was, it was a really nice pull to be able to have her end up in Storybrooke again. So that's how that's how she was there. Otherwise, yes. she would have been on that oh, island yeah, with, with Eric, Eric, and and yeah. frolicking yeah. and having a good time. Yeah, happy yeah. ending. Yeah. So then we see the ship that Killian is trying to take Ariel away, mm-hmm. and then we see. Triton kidnap Killian and take him to anyway 
Triton kidnaps Killian and takes him to the ship. He has his guards do it, but yeah. Right. And so... He's not trying to kidnap Errol. He's trying to take Ursula where she wants to right, go. Right, right, right. And so Triton basically says, you know, give me... The, the, Triton is threatening Killian. Mm-hmm. And so he's put him... Uh, all he says is, I want you to take her voice for me, and I'll give you the squid ink. And so then Triton finds out that Ursula took the squid ink for Killian. Right. And brought it to him. And right. that's when Triton makes it disappear. And well, he takes it back. Because Killian doesn't have any other options. That was the only option he had mm-hmm. to defeat the Dark One. Right. Then he uses that enchanted shell and takes Ursula's right. singing voice. Right. But again, part of that was it was if for him at that point it was leverage. And that's right, what made right. Ursula unhappy is that she said, Look, you promised me you would never do this. Mm-hmm. You're just like all the rest of the humans. You're horrible. I you know, and that's when she went back home. Killian did it because he knew he needed it for protection. Because at that point in time, he was mad. But you don't go up against a deity and survive. If you're going to be that dumb, that's a suicide mission, right? Right. So you knew he had to have some sort of leverage. And what was leverage was having her voice and then being able to hold it in his hand and destroy it, knowing that that would actually kill Triton, his soul anyway. Right. It It would destroy him. So that was his only protection was holding on to her voice so that they wouldn't kill him because if they kill him, she doesn't get her voice back or he destroys it while they, you know, kill him. So... I love the scene when Emma breaks in on Cruella guarding Oh, dude, August, that was awesome. And then we see Snow do a Rapunzel on Cruella <laughs> she totally with did. the pan. With the frying pan. That was right. excellent. And was excellent. and so Snow said, that's the first thing about bandits. They always leave the back door unlocked. Yeah, pretty much. Like, well, first, yeah. Rule, first rule of banditry is you, right. you learn that most of the time the back door's unlocked. I love it. I love banditry. I, I think that's one of the best words that Adam and Annie's come up with. That's yeah. so funny. It is pretty funny. So Cruella, or actually Ursula grabs Snow by the throat with her tentacle. Yep. And it's funny, Emma sort of looked like Uma Thurman in Kill Bill. She said, drop those hands because she had the hands up ready to go. Yeah, she was ready. Going to give it to her. And... So she's threatening Snow, obviously. Or else your mom's going to need gills. Yeah, to breathe. Yeah. So then we see a flashback of Triton and Ursula talking. And Ursula again says, you know, her singing voice is the only thing keeping her mother's spirit alive. Mm -hmm. And Triton says, you know, you need to... Well, I miss her too, but we've got to find... King Triton was reinterpreting what Ursula remembered of her mother because her mother said, no, she would want me to sing and make people happy. Mm -hmm. And he said, no, she would want you to avenge her death. So he was really trying to pull a fast one. It was really he was saying, look, I want to avenge her. I want to avenge her death. And because your voice is the best way to do that. I need you to believe that that's what she would have wanted. That's right. really what he was going after. And it was really interesting. Ursula, in a way, reminded me of Rumpelstiltskin. Mm-hmm. 
because she she felt trapped. Yeah. And so she chose power because she said, you named me this name of this powerful sea whatever. Goddess. Mm -hmm. And... I the want goddess who that. I was, she was right. strong. She wasn't, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, so I'm going to be that. And that's what she did. She said, you want She this? grabbed the magical Triton. Triton, right. His, his and actual Triton, yeah. Basically, I, I would say cursed herself. Yeah, in a sense. As that sea goddess. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's what changed her from a mermaid mm -hmm. into this squid, powerful squid. Well, Octopus, sea goddess. But, yeah. yeah. And so I, that was so sad to me. It was very sad. It was that I know that she felt betrayed by Killian or Hook. And, and, and I understand that. Yeah. But it was just taking that other step like we've seen Rumpel take over and over and over. Taking mm -hmm. power over responsibility or over... Other ways of dealing with things. She did. I, 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 I would say that she felt like Rumple did yeah. a little bit in that her father was hell bent on vengeance far more than making sure she was happy and really doing something to honor her mother's memory instead of avenging it. And that's why I think she chose the path she did. And then we come to my second favorite oh, dude scene of the episode mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. all the little missteps and all the little things about all the potions and the rules and all this thing the, the scenes that are just emotionally powerful like this one we're going to be talking about that's what still saves this episode for me mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so we see ursula with her tentacle around snow's neck says i'm never going to get my happy ending and then Killian comes in and says, actually, you will. <laughs> I love her response. Why aren't you dead? Right. <laughs> and he said, the only way we can do this is the only person who can give you your voice back is the one who took it away. Who enchanted it. Who enchanted it. Right. I realize why it didn't work is because it needs to be, get you, you need to get it back from the person who enchanted this in the first place. And she's like, no. And then in walks daddy. We, Ugh. you know, in this show, I, I said the thread of a missing mother. Mm -hmm. That's a tragedy. Yeah. When yeah. The, the mother is gone or the father's gone, there's a someone a part of the family is gone that is an awful tra tragedy mm -hmm. but the, the second awful thing is when she made herself this sea goddess and left well separated herself separated purposely. herself from wasn't like there was a, a you know a death to separate right, her right. from her father she made that decision on her own i mean it's it's a classic almost prodigal son but not yeah, really yeah, because right. it was really about you know, leaving home and not being able to be around that person. And then I love that he came in and he just, that whole scene was amazing. And he apologized. And he, well, and, and that's, that's what I wrote. Recognized that he had made a mistake in putting her mother's, the vengeance for her mother's death ahead of her own happiness. Do you, I mean, I've said this over and over and over. And people that have listened to this podcast have heard me say this a million times but saying you're sorry 
sometimes can be more powerful than a thousand magical potions Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and all that and that was really the power with it is when he walked in there can be difficulties between parents and children sure even later in life and even not so later in life Mm -hmm. but someone that comes and says look i'm sorry Mm -hmm. there's no reason for all the discussions of who did what and who said what and all that let's end it now let's 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 get back together i'm sorry that was so powerful oh yeah and it changed the course of it right and it was so and he started to say every time i heard you sing i heard your mother and it was the painful part of it yeah it reminded me a bit of divorce Mm -hmm. because sometimes the the parent that you live with Mm -hmm. the child reminds him of the other parent that's no longer in the house right and Sometimes a kid gets the brunt of it. Yeah. And I think that's why he, he may have felt like he wanted to protect her. And that's why he wanted to remove that singing voice mm-hmm. and or, or have it used for another purpose. Is that he was, he was basically trying to control that pain. Because mm. every time he heard her sing, it reminded him well, th- of his wife. I think that any way you can... Because if he was honest... He knows that she was right. Her mother would have wanted her to use her voice for good, not for evil. And the problem is, is that because that was such a a painful reminder of his lost wife, I think that he was trying to get her to use it for evil so that it would tarnish that memory and it would make the pain less. And the sad fact is it really didn't. And he knew, too, that if she did use her voice for good, it was going to take her away from him. And he didn't want to lose her because he already lost her mother so it's a twofold thing and it was just a very difficult situation no matter how you look at it and it was wrong but understandable but still wrong and i love that the reconciliation was such a great um it was it was just very well we don't see a lot of those Mm -mm. and what i really liked was once she got her voice back Mm -hmm. he was gonna go yeah he's gonna go okay i i he goes, before I, I never see you again, I want to hear you sing. Yeah. And then she basically kind of did a mark. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. I missed you. I want to stay with you. I want to be with you. I, I don't want this chasm anymore between right. us. Right. And it was just so good. Mm-hmm. It was a great moment. And it was just really, yeah. Th- those are the two really solid pillars in this episode. There's actually another one. Yeah. For me anyway. But continue. Okay, so it was interesting that so we know that Emma was part of Gold's plan because he wants to fill her heart with darkness and that's what right. Ursula, Ursula told. told Killian. Yeah. And Killian was talking to Emma and said, "You have no how you have no idea how easy it would be to fall back to the dark side because mm-hmm. I'm a pirate." And she goes, Emma said, no, 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 you're not, you're not dark now. You're not bad now. And he goes, but you don't understand how easy it would be. Mm-hmm. Is it, it just takes emotion and different things. I'll fall back into it. And we've talked about that a sure. lot of times in this sure. podcast. Sure. And he said, um, 
and he said, I just, I have my ha- a happy ending. Or no, he said, I don't want to lose my happy ending. Then the epiphany came mm-hmm. for Emma. I was like, wait a minute. Yep. It's it's kind of like when I texted you 143. Yeah. You know, it kind of silly. But you no, knew it what that, it meant. Yeah. I knew what it meant. Yeah. And it, it was just that kind of, whoa, whoa, whoa. We need to talk about this. And then she said... If you're afraid of losing your happy ending, that means you found that it. means you found it. Yeah. And then he said, "It's you." Yeah. He he was dumbfounded. Yeah. You really don't know. Yeah. You haven't figured out. Mm-hmm. It's you. That to me was like, oh, it was yeah. such a great moment. I mean, there was just, and and it wasn't just for the romantic. Oh, Killian's amazing, and uh, I'm in love with Killian. But it was that whole. I thought it was such a great scene between the two of them because it was you know became such a vulnerable moment for them and again that's what i was talking about the whole thing of wait a second he's able to find his happy ending he found it and how did he found it he did the right things yeah so villains can have their happy ending they just have to do the right thing they can't go about it the wrong way like ariel said they cannot go about it the wrong way if they do they're never going to find it when they do go about things the right way they will find it. That's why I have hope that Regina will be back with Robin at some point in time. I have just serious hope that that's the case. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that it is possible. I believe that Rumple could have a happy ending with Belle if he stops behaving like a jackass. Yeah. And I believe that Cruella, we don't know what Cruella's happy ending is supposed to be. We don't know what she wants. We don't know what Maleficent. We do know Maleficent. I take right, it back. We do right. know Maleficent's happy ending. It's finding her child, right? Because mm-hmm. again, I don't believe that her child's dead. And I think if they've already given Ursula her happy ending this early in the season, this half of the season, we have a number of episodes left. What eight more? I think after this. Thereabouts. And in the first four, Ursula's got hers. Cruella might be second. And then the last three, or the last group of episodes, should be Maleficent getting hers. Rumple won't get his this season. Yeah. Because he's going to so, still stick with the whole, I have to be evil. I mean, I hope I'm wrong, but... They've, they've mentioned, so it's no big surprise, is that Emma Gold has plans to fill her heart with darkness. Right, right. In that respect, I, I wished that they would have held this discussion about... Killian and Emma's happy ending till later on mm, mm, after mm. that going to the dark side, which they've hinted about mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then coming back, mm-hmm. that would have been a perfect time for that revelation, I yeah. think, yeah. but we but didn't again, get it. So, but again, if he's her happy ending, right. Then, then as long as they do things the right way, then it should happen. Yeah. Because I think that's the key to it. Ariel said it. She's absolutely right. It's what I felt all along. You are responsible for your own destiny. Mm -hmm. And if you do things the right way, you will get your happy ending. Regina didn't get hers because she went about it the wrong way. If she hadn't gotten revenge on Snow, then then she would have, if she hadn't been so hell-bent on revenge on Snow, she would have followed... Wait, hold on. She would have agreed and followed Tinkerbell's advice and gone after Robin in the first place. Right. But we all know that people kind of make bad choices, but make good choices later. And the one thing I'll say is all the things that she's done thus far, including 
letting Robin go mm-hmm. has all been for good reason. Absolutely. So, anyway. Uh, but doesn't mean that the minute you do something good, you're going to get your I happy know. ending. I'm just saying, I, I believe firmly that she doesn't need the author to give her a happy ending. Okay. They're going to have to figure out a way to get Robin back somehow. But again... Not I, in a nightmare, though, again, please. No, 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 gosh, no. But I'm just saying, there there's going to be a happy ending some okay. some way, somehow, for Regina. Because she's still doing things, the, she's doing right. the right things. She's so, not doing it, you know, evil. We're, we're, we're definitely, if you're... If you're an ugly duckling or a uh, Emma fan, there's going to be some dark stuff coming. I think, and so I buckle up with be, that. I think there's going to be a hint of it, and I'm hoping that because she's making the choice and understands this better than anybody does, that if she does the right thing, she will still get her happy ending, and she won't have to turn dark to do it. So Ur- Ursula really got off fairly quickly, just like you said. I mean, I thought they were going to be all three all the whole way. Right. It's kind of interesting that she's basically done for now. She is done for now. Because uh, Cruella went and told uh, Maleficent and Gold said mm-hmm. that, well, the res- the heroes rescued August. Yeah, they rescued the puppet. And, and she said, we have a mole. And Regina's And so Regina's was, eyes got really big, like, huh? Not me. And Don't she said, it was Ursula. Yeah. Ursula helped them rescue august and then regina probably went around the back oh thanks man she did you you saw her face if you were paying attention you saw her face she's like and then of course that's when you know rump was like okay we need to do blah 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 we need to go get that page out of the book you know so that being the case the ursula had the conversation with killian before she and King Triton left, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. said as long as there's a savior, the author can't give the villains what they want. Mm-hmm. So that's, and then that's when she discussed right. gold wants to fill her heart with darkness. Right, because Killing was like, he's going to kill Emma. So in his mind, he's like, uh, hell will, burn, will right. freeze over before I allow that to happen. So then there was this this discussion. Regina was talking to Emma about her dream, mm-hmm. and I'm going to write down some things, and we'll we'll talk about it, and then we'll talk about the August scene. But the was the evil queen there to attack her or protect her? And I, I couldn't. What did you get from that? It was interesting because I I agreed with Emma's assessment of what the dream meant that she felt. It was Regina's, you know, subconscious thinking that the evil queen was going to come back and, you know, she's going to go back to her old tricks. And then Regina said, no, I didn't feel that. I felt like she was there protecting Robin, but from whom? And the minute she said that, I went, aha. So they're going to make us think that at some point in time, Regina's going to dream again about this and it's going to be Emma that's attacking Robin. And that's where I'm kind of like, Come on, guys! Please don't do that with Emma. Really, I mean, I know that's part of what was what's going coming. They're going to try and make her go dark. Right. I just think that it's that whole thing because then I don't want Regina and Emma to turn on each other because then you know that would just suck because you know now they're best buddies and I don't really want them to be not best buddies anymore. The the whole dream and the discussion about the dreams is very Hitchcockian to me. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's very very interesting and. Like I said, if Regina is correct and the evil queen is protecting Robin from someone, who is she protecting him from? 
and is an evil Emma. That's the only logical thing that makes sense. I just wonder if we haven't seen the last of Ursula yet. Will she come back and maybe help the heroes? That would be I would something love to see that happen. That, that I would love to see that happen. Interesting. So, but here's the thing: I'm pretty sure if she comes back. Rumple will dispatch her real quick. Yeah, turn her into sushi. Unfortunately. So the, I did want to talk just briefly about the final scene. Well, the, the quick disguise, I, I forgot to really write it out, is that mm-hmm. Emma talking to August. Mm-hmm. And it was really, oh, yeah. it was really neat. You, you, depending on how you watched it, you can kind of see that there was like a master and a learner kind of a thing where he was trying to lead her. Teacher and student. Teacher yeah. and, and uh, something. But possibly there was some type of spark or something but it was really nice they were like two old friends it felt more like and brother and sister to me he he said well it was kind of romantic going out to that little place where they got the water remember he yeah, said a long time anyway ago. But, but no i still felt it was brother and sister okay so the it's always been brother and sister with them what i really liked is that he was kind of surprised at her use of magic. Mm-hmm. And he said, wow. Somebody's been practicing. Somebody's been practicing. And she looked and said, well, somebody told me I just need to believe in myself. Mm-hmm. And he was like, wow. And that was really nice closure, I thought. Yeah. Because I still remember that great scene where he was so frustrated with her in season one. Why just can't you believe after everything you've seen, after everything, after everything you can't believe. And she's just like, if you know, you think I'm the savior, you're crazy. If you're, if ever the whole town's relying on me, I don't want this. I don't want this. Yeah. And it was really neat. It's kind of like a, a teacher meeting up with a student that maybe had trouble in school years later and finally achieved what the teacher knew they could achieve. Oh, that was great. It actually brought to mind for me the scene where she went in to the hotel, his hotel room at Granny's and watched him turn into a wooden puppet at that point in time. That's what that reminded me of. was that kind of that full circle back to that point. Yeah. And so the final scene is... Regina coming in to talk to August mm-hmm. and August was really was like, what is she doing here? I don't, I don't want her anywhere near me. Yeah. <coughs> and so she didn't say she was sorry, but she basically started the conversation. Listen, you took that page out of the book. Well, she said, you have to understand, I have to keep up pretenses so right. that I can, you know, I have to pretend I'm on their side so I didn't get information to be able to fight this. You know, it's important that they think that I'm with them. And that's why I'm, you know, I kind of, in a way it was an apology. Yeah. It's an explanation of, look, I wasn't doing it because I wanted to torture you. I was doing it because I'm trying to do the right thing, trying to help, trying to do, you know, what we need to do. So they, they discussed it and they discovered that he was actually telling the truth Mm -hmm. that he did not know where the door was because the page is the door and the author is trapped trapped behind the the door on the page of the book in the book 
He said flat out, he's trapped in the book, which actually then makes sense for why the book keeps appearing just randomly wherever it is. Okay, but then who trapped him in there? Right. Who trapped the author in the book? Probably the sorcerer did. Maybe. Because it seems like the author has a lot of power, whoever that author is. That's that's the thing. So so we can rule out the cap man as being the author. <sighs> Dang it. The cat man is not the author. Maybe the cat man's the sorcerer. He could be the, the sorcerer. Cat man's something. All right. So that's all. That is our first thoughts. And mm-hmm. we were kind of all over the place and everything. But I think there's some good stuff that we discussed. So now it's up to you. Now yeah. it's your turn. What did you think? What did we forget? What? Who? What, now it's your turn. So give us what you thought. Mm-hmm. You can, there's a couple of different ways that we're going to mention at the end mm-hmm. of this episode. And until then, I want to send out big love to everybody. Remember, big love is so big that you can't keep it all to yourself. Mm-hmm. So take what you need and pass on the rest to somebody else. Hopefully they'll do the same thing. And that's what makes life worth living. I also want to thank everyone who has gone to our support page at the Once Upon a Time podcast at onceuponatimepodcast.com slash support and choose how you can support us. We really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Until next time, this is Jeff and Colleen Roney saying goodbye. Have a great week. Thanks. Bye. bye. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. This is a Roni's Own Media production. Our website is onceuponatimepodcast.com. You can contact us by going to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash contact. You can also connect with us on social media by going to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash connect. If you enjoy what we do and would like to support us, we invite you to go to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash support. There's a number of ways that you can help us out, and we truly thank you for it. The Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast, where you experience more of the magic of ABC TV's Once Upon a Time.